We'll read that together. It's on page 473 in your pew Bible. Psalm 50 is a psalm of Asaph. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes, he does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him, and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free rein for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself. But now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart, and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, with that psalm still open before you, you could see that the the theme of the message, the psalm, is that our mighty God, the Lord, is holy and sovereign. Psalm 50 reveals that the sovereign creator of heaven and earth is the righteous judge, verse 6. You can see in the same context, he's addressing those whom he established his covenant with, those who, who swore to follow him and he said he would be their God. And then Psalm 50 describes the Lord coming. You see that in verse 3. He, he comes in that devouring fire with a, with a mighty tempest and he calls heaven and earth as his witnesses to speak to his covenant people. And then in this trial, the Lord reveals two responses to his covenant that we need to repent from and then one response that God commands. 
And the first response that we need to repent from very clear, it's, it's actually the second one God addresses in the psalm. We could start there, it's in verse 16. The Lord addresses those who say, they, who take the covenant on his lips, who speak about the laws, but if you look at verse 17 and 18, they, they actually hate discipline and they cast God's words behind them. They, they break the commandment, They're, they commend the behavior of thieves, they hang out in the presence of adulterers, they speak evil, slander, lies. We just went through the Ten Commandments and it's a very clear rebuke. We understand this rebuke that the Lord gives. He says, do not say, pretend you're part of the covenant, but then live a wicked life. And to such the Lord declares His perfect holiness. And in the presence of His holiness, He also shows there's judgment, there's fire, there's condemnation for such behavior. And if, if you're coming to the Lord's Supper this, this morning, or if you may not partake of the Supper this morning because you're persisting in those sins, then Psalm 50 is very clear. The Lord is holy, bow before Him and repent. And the second response that's dealt with earlier in the psalm is something that may be closer to home for us. We know we shouldn't persist in sins against the Lord or shake our fist against Him in our, in our lives. The second resp- response talks about those who are seeking to live in a godly relationship with the Lord. Verse 8, you could see that they're not being rebuked for their sacrifices. They're continually bringing sacrifices uh, to the Lord. And it's like many of us today giving our time to the kingdom of God and, and gathering and worship and being a part of the communion of saints. But the Lord is rebuking the response of making God too small in our worship of the Lord. God is very clear that it's good to serve the Lord, to walk with Him, to give burnt offerings. He doesn't rebuke this giving of our lives to the Lord, but sometimes we do that with an attitude that makes ourselves great and God very small. And he addresses that in the psalm, and and he's addressing those who, who might think they need to come to church or that God needs them to come to church. The church couldn't survive unless we came. Or that God needs, he depends on our gifts to him. Might be the kind of address that we have in our families and when a child doesn't feel like going to church and and somebody, a parent may say, they shouldn't, but they may say, well, God is lonely or God needs you to come. So come on, let's go to, to church. But that language and that thought pattern is what's being addressed in Psalm 50 as, as problematic because it makes it look like God is dependent on us. And then the Lord asks the questions, and it's in the context of burnt offerings, which are sacrifices that were, were given to the Lord. We can apply it in different ways in our own lives. But, but the Lord asks His church, He says, is, do, do, you think, do you think that I'm hungry and that I'm not a very good hunter and that I rely on you to bring me food and to honor me with your presence. And Paul asks the same thing in Romans eleven thirty five. 35. He, he says, who has given a gift to God 
that he might be repaid. And then we realize how easy it is for our, our proud spirits to, to get mistaken, a mistaken view of God. And Psalm 50 asks us, who is dependent on whom in the universe? I remember when I was in university, it was a Christian university, there was a poster. They wanted to get more people to come on mission trips, and there was a poster uh, of a, a man with a big top hat, and it said, Uncle Sam needs you. A reference to God is very, I actually ripped it down, it was a very blasph- blasphemy message. But that mentality, that God depends on us. And Psalm 50 says, who do you think needs to be grateful in your relationship to God? Who's the grateful one? That's very clearly, it is us. And Psalm 50 brings that across by emphasizing the sovereignty and the holiness of God. And we see that in verses 1 to 3 and 9 to 13. He says, every beast of the forest, all cattle, all the birds of the air, every creature that moves in the fields, verses 9 to 13, they're, they're all his. And we can bring that really to our own lives as well when, when we see an animal. And maybe you see a, a rabbit scurrying in your, in your neighborhood or you're driving through the country and you see the, the cows or, or the birds flying above or, or maybe you're one of those big bearded hunters that goes up north and finds an animal, and you finally see the animal, before you shoot it, think, that animal is the Lord's. It belongs to Him. He says, it's mine. And bow before our sovereign God. The Lord says, the world and all its fullness are mine. That's, that's who we're coming in to worship. That who's, that's who speaks to us through His Word and through His sacraments. He is the Mighty One. The God, or God the Lord, he speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. It it speaks of God's creation powers, his his providential governing and upholding of of the whole universe. His creation of time itself. God is eternal. Heaven and earth obey his commands. He doesn't need sacrifices because he is hungry. He is not dependent on us for anything. We love God only because he first loved us. And and so here we are in in the presence of God Almighty. And we'll read together Romans 8, verses 28 to 33, that reminds us that this sovereign, holy God has ordained everything in its time and its place for our good and for our growth. That's the God we come in to worship. It's the God who speaks to us in his word and in his sacraments. And so what, there's two responses God says to rebukes. He rebukes disobedience or treating God as if he's dependent on us. And then he calls us to the only response that is fitting for his people before such a sovereign God. You see that in verse 14, again in verse 23. He says, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Everything we we give to God is a response to Him, to His love. Thankfulness that He has given His Son to die on a cross for our sins. Thankfulness that His Spirit dwells within us and, and leads us in our new life. Thankfulness that we can know that every single thing is in His hand for all eternity. And so we read at the end of the psalm that capturing both those things, the one who offers 
Thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And you call to him in the day of trouble, verse 15. That is the God who delivers us. And that deliverance is what we celebrate together also in the sacrament of Lord's Supper. May we bow before his sovereign grace with humble hearts and much thanksgiving. Amen. We'll sing these themes of the psalm as they're also highlighted in Psalm 50, stanzas 5, 6, 8, and 11, standing if you're able to stand.